0: Front lines. Men on the front lines. Men on the front lines. Men on the front lines.
1: We call for these mighty men of valor. The Lord put a vision in my heart for a new movement amongst men in the body of Christ.
0: The Lord says that I'm going to make champions out of those who would gather unto me.
1: And I believe what men on the front lines will do...
0: And I see it going into the
1: nations... ...is going to raise the bar among men. It's time for heroes to arise. I'm Robert Hodgkin, and this is Heroes Arise. Men on the Front Lines, social media broadcast equipping, encouraging, and empowering you. To arise as the hero, the warrior, and the champion that God created you to be. You matter, you are important, and you have a key role to play for the kingdom and the earth. So thanks for joining me again this week so we can continue to pour into you. What we're gonna talk about this week is something called front foot Christianity, because here's the deal. When you said yes, when you got a revelation of Jesus Christ, he makes it clear that you come into that relationship and now you have a role to play for the kingdom in the earth. You know that, and he wants to empower that in you so no gate of hell can prevail. You not only have the victory, you're made to take that victory with you and legislate that victory everywhere you go. So We're going to talk to my special guest this week about that, but just before we do, I've got a quick announcement for you. Hey, you've heard me talk about it, but I want to remind you about the Robert Hodgkin YouTube channel. We love being able to connect with you through all these social media platforms, but as you know, a couple days after the show, you want to tell a friend about it, you want to find it to forward it, but it's been pushed down the pages and can be hard to find. So what we're doing is we're building our subscriber base on the YouTube channel so you can go there and through easy searches and playlists find exactly what you want, exactly when you need it or you need to share it. So do me a favor, go to YouTube, go to the Robert Hodgkin channel, click subscribe and also like and share the videos. It's the same with our Heroes Arise podcast. You can now get the Heroes Arise podcast on any of the podcast platforms from Apple to Spotify to you name it. It seems like I'm getting a a notification every few days of another platform it's going out on. So go to your favorite podcast platform and do a quick search for Heroes Arise with Robert Hodgkin. And when you find the podcast, subscribe to it, like it, um, um, five-star review it, and share it with your friends so we can continue to empower you and those you care about. All right, let's get into this week's topic, but before we do that, I want to say hello to my guest, Ben Hughes. Could I So <laughs> good <suck it> to be <laughs> with you Robert. Good day, well? Now, Ben, <laughs> this is a special and fun broadcast for me because we've been friends for a while now. You're into you were integrally involved in Men on the Front Lines. you do our man camp events with me and Brad Carter, and before we even get into the topic, I simply want to say thank you. I remember at our man camp event in California the end of last year, the first one you came to, you said something to me at the end that was so meaningful. You said, I've never seen men on fire for God like this, that you'd been a part of a lot of men's ministry, but you'd never seen men get on fire like that. And I remember you said to me something like, what's your secret? What are you doing? And my comment to you was, I have no idea. (laughs) We just get together. We have fellowship. We have fun and God comes. But I want to thank you because I think our events have gone to a whole nother level since you've gotten involved in them.
0: Wow, it has been such an honor, and I was so blown away, you know, and I knew right then and there that this is having such an incredible impact in, in the, in the mm-hmm. nation, and men in the nation, and families in the nation, and, you know, I'm so looking forward to this whole season yes. and everything else being over, because, you know, we've had to now postpone a couple, yes. but I know that yes. as soon as we are able to get back together again, it's going to be... Yeah fire you yeah know, so. and
1: we'll we will send you emails and notifications if you haven't gone to men on the com and shared your email address please do we don't spam we don't send out a lot of emails what we do is occasionally we have something that's going to be a real blessing to you we let you know about it and we want to make sure you know about when as you say this season's over and we can start hosting these man camp events and heroes arise events you can be there so ben when i talked to you about hey what's on your heart you talked about front foot christianity and i love words and i love when god gives us titles or descriptions that are new and different but memorable and I don't even know what front foot Christianity is yet but I already like (laughs) it because there's such a great image so tell us God's given you this phrase he's given you this revelation what is front foot Christianity
0: well it's probably best described as being the opposite to back foot Christianity do you know what I mean And, and so often it feels like you know are we we're just on the back foot you know the devil has us on the back foot and and we're you know we're throwing our sword out in the air and and defense and trying to hit away the bills and all, you know, and all these kind of things. And we're constantly just in defense, but front foot Christianity is where we're like, you know what? No, I am the head and not the tail. I walk in victory. I carry within me that same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead and the gates of hell shall not prevail. And so as Christians, as a body that we are actually on the front foot that we're actually taking the attack to the enemy. He would have us believe somehow that we're on the back foot, but no, he's the one that's on the back foot. We are on the front foot.
1: I love that because you know, my my personal experience with God is that everything's always available to us in Christ. God doesn't dangle carrots, God doesn't hold back, and yet I know there are Kairos moments when he is highlighting something. And to me, a Kairos moment is not when all of a sudden something is available that wasn't available. To me, the way God has helped me understand is Kairos moments are certainly, are just just certain times inside of the temporal realm when he releases a greater grace to lay hold of something to a greater degree, that's always been available to us. Because right. what you're describing is Jesus, you know, we started at the top with uh, Matthew 16. You mentioned it. Jesus is saying, hey, the rock I want to build my church on is in a revelation of me. You realize you have the victory and you now legislate and execute that. What has been bound in heaven, you can now bind in the earth. What has been loosed from heaven, you can now loose into the earth and the gates of hell shall not prevail. As a brand new believer, I remember being confused by that because I didn't grow up in the church, didn't know any of that stuff, got saved through Sovereign Encounter in the Woods, and all I really had was my Bible and the Holy Spirit and a couple tapes by Joyce Meyer and CDs by Graham Cook. But early on reading that, just because of the way the world is, you do kind of feel like you're on the defense against a lot of the world a lot of the time. And I remember reading that and thinking, that doesn't really make sense. That because the gates of hell are going to attack me. And I mean, I'm almost embarrassed by that now because it's right there. It's so clear. No, we smash down anywhere the enemy has established a, ha- a stronghold and gated it off. We're to go, and we're always on the offense to smash those things down. So if we've been in a difficult season, and let's I know for many of you, this has been a challenging season. There's been a pandemic. There's been economic fallout. There's been political turmoil. Some people have just wanted to duck and cover in a season of riots in the streets and some cities literally burning. If we've been in a challenging season, how do we shift from maybe backfoot Christianity to frontfoot Christianity?
0: Yeah, you know, some of it is really about doing the basics, you know, and especially in difficult seasons. You know what I mean? Like you know, even at the highest level of sport, I've often thought about this. You know, a football game, or you know, whatever you might hear at the halftime break. Okay, here's what we're focusing on. We've got to get the basics right. You know, and and a game can be won or lost on the execution of the basics. So it's not that we need some new highfalutin revelation (laughs) formula. We've just got to do the actual basic things that we know to do. And you know, one I think of the most pivotal key verses in the whole Bible. I think if every pastor could say, you know, in every pastoral meeting or almost every counseling meeting, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be given to you. Now it's easy, you know, when we've heard Bible verses, we oh yeah, see first the kingdom of God, you know what I mean? And we think, oh yeah, I've heard that one before, but we don't actually stop and realize the true power of it. This is Jesus talking and he's saying, guys, he says, look, don't worry about your life. Yeah. What if he mean it? What if he meant it? Right. When he said that, he said, don't worry about where you will live or what you will eat or what you will... And he gives specific examples. He's like, guys, consider the fields. Look, grass, the flowers, look at how it's clothed, the yeah. birds. Yeah. You know, how much more does your father care for you? And so he's specifically giving formula to this situation. He says, if you will seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness... All of these things will be given to you. In other words, if you stop putting all your focus on yourself yes. and your stuff and your needs and your problems, and you actually run hard after Me and the things that I've called you to, the things that I'm saying, seek after the kingdom of God. I promise you, I will take care of all of your stuff. Mm. And I want to tell you, I mean, we, we we have seen that over and over and over again in our own lives. You know, sometimes I feel like yes, people you listen have. To I
1: know a lot of your story. You guys have been amazing about that.
0: people listen to preachers and you think well yeah that that's all very well but you know what you don't know my situation you don't know my circumstance you know don't know what I'm facing but you know the Bible is the Word of God it's just as true In the absolute valley season, as it is on the mountaintop. Absolutely. You know, the same when you're on the mountaintop, it feels like, yeah, this is awesome, praise the Lord. Well, those same truths are just as true when you're in the valley. And when you go after God, you seek first the kingdom of God. He promises that He'll take care of all of our stuff. So if I feel like the enemy's main strategy so often is to keep the church, to keep us occupied by looking at ourselves. Every single week we go to church, it's like, I need my problem fixed, I need my problem fixed. I need my problem fixed. One day, and I believe this, that it's come, It's happening right now where people are actually beginning, this shift is happening where we will actually look up from our own problems and actually realize, okay, I've actually got a sword here. Yes. yes. <laughs> I, I'm going to pull this sword that I've been given and begin to wield this sword. And the enemy is running scared. Yeah. And I even believe that what's going on right now around the world, you know, and all these kind of things, we're, we're, the, the enemy's actually running scared. He's, he's in panic mode and like, let's throw up everything I can. Let's throw up the storm. But I love the story. And, and just feel free to cut me off any time. No, this I, is I great. No, up. no, no. This is great. <laughs> I love the story of when Jesus is asleep in the boat. And he's asleep in the boat. And we know what happens. The storm comes up and the disciples come running in. And now these are like, not all of them, but these are fishermen. Yeah. These are people of the sea. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But they're freaking out. Right. Because this is a serious storm, you know? And they're like, Jesus, wake up, what are you doing? What are you doing? And Jesus wakes up and he's like, Guys, you have little faith. And he looks up at the storm and he's like, Peace, be still, right? And what he's really saying to them, what, when he said even, You have little faith, he's basically saying to them, Guys, Watch what you could have done. Right. Watch what you could have done. He's still compassionate. It's not lack of faith in him because they immediately ran to him for help. Right. And he's still like, hey, I'm going to take care of the storm. He's not like, I'm going to go back to sleep and you figure it out. He's like, no, watch this, guys. And he calms the storm. And it's like, and he goes back to sleep. You know what I mean? But, you know, what we actually don't often, we forget about the story is what Jesus was on his way to do. He was actually going to cast out legion.
1: Yes, so when they're in the right. boat,
0: the storm's coming up. It's like the devil's going, uh-oh, that's right. he's coming. That's right. <laughs> let's, yes. throw, let's throw up this storm. Let's do everything we can. Do you know what I mean? And because Jesus, and he, all he does, is he calms the storm. He gets off the boat. He goes over the legion. or you, out, get into the pigs. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they run off and, and then that's it. And then then he goes again. Right. right? Yeah. And so the enemy, and I believe that's kind of what's happening right now is like yes. all this noise, all this storm, and all the rest of it. Because, you know, Robert, what if this was the time? Where there, where there is the manifestation of the revealing of the sons and daughters of God.
1: I'll take that one step further. This is the time for that. Right. And I know that's what you meant. i was I have trying been, for dramatic purposes. I, I, I to know. Ask the I have been prophesying, <laughs> and our audience knows it, that we are in an Exodus 14 moment. Right. Because Exodus 14, the Lord had me study early on in this year, is just like with Legion. I had not made that connection. I mean, they, it, to, that the storm gets kicked up because the enemy knows legion that is the territorial spirits about to get knocked down so usually one of the things we have to realize is that battles rarely mean that we are beset and failing they usually mean the devils scared and i look at exodus fourteen because god actually hardens pharaoh's heart to come after the people of god with all of his army Most of the people of God respond by murmuring, complaining, being afraid, and freaking out. God mentors Moses in, no, the reason I'm putting the enemy so clearly on display for you, the reason I'm allowing this, is so that you see what I want you to partner with me in being completely destroyed. Mm. Because at the end of Exodus 14, the enemy of God's people that's so clearly seen and, and too many think, oh, I'm seeing it so they're threatening me. It's like, no, they're not threatening you. It's a threatening presence, but God has you in this moment right. and if you'll respond unlike the murmurs and the complainers and the accuser of the brethren, but you will respond like Moses and step into your place of authority, the enemy will be ultimately destroyed. Mm. And where some of the church in our nation here in the USA is seeing everything that's going on as it's the end, duck and cover, I am prophesying and believing with all my heart. What we're doing is we're seeing now put on display all the powers and principalities that have been behind the scenes, scheming, scamming, and this is our opportunity to say, okay, I see that one, I see that one, I see that. I find it interesting, I, I, I think culture, even, even non-christian culture, you know, when 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 God brings forth the rain, it rains on the just and the unjust. And there's a phrase in culture right now, it's been around for a while that I think is quite prophetic and they don't know it. It's that, I see you, I see you. And it's this affirmation thing, but I actually think God is asking us to speak to the devil and say, I see you, I see you, I see you lawlessness, I see you rebellion, I see you spirit of Haman, I see you spirit
0: of Goliath, and I am stepping into my place of authority to cast you Mm -hmm. down. And you know, the exciting thing about all of this is that it's not, (laughs) it's not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Because I know some people could hear this and think, well, you know, I'm not this highly trained warrior. I haven't had this kind of mentoring or I haven't had had all of these things. I don't come from the right family or the right country or the right whatever. But that's what I love about not by might, not by power, but by my spirit. You see, when Jesus came out of the wilderness, he came out of the wilderness in the power of the Holy Spirit. When Samson took a donkey jawbone and and, and killed a thousand Philistines. He did it in the power of the Holy Spirit. It says the, the Spirit of the Lord came upon him and he did it in the power of the Holy Spirit. When David ran at Goliath, it says the Spirit of the Lord came upon him, right? Jesus, like I just said, came out of the wilderness in the power of the Holy Spirit. It's not by might, it's not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. So that's all of us. We all have the same access to the Spirit of God. If we've got the Holy Spirit in us, we have the Holy Spirit in us. You know, it doesn't matter how educated we are. It doesn't matter how much money we have. It doesn't matter what talents we have, what gifts we have, what training, access, connections. It doesn't matter about any of those things. It's not by might, not by power, but by my spirit. And so we've all been given the same spirit sword so to speak and so we need that a sword in its sheath though has no power right right and this is what front foot christianity is all about it's actually pulling out that sword which is the word of god the sword of the spirit make and actually begin to swing that sword begin to make declarations begin to speak it out right and and that's where that's where the power is like i said a sword in its sheath has no power now jesus right, was Jesus, and he had the Holy Spirit on the inside of him. So in John 11, when he, when he hears about Lazarus and Lazarus is dead, right, if Jesus didn't go, he still had to go down to the tomb and call Lazarus out of the grave. Right. If he hadn't done that, Lazarus would have still been dead. He would have stayed dead. And this is the same for us. Yes, yes we fight from a place of victory, but even when the victory is guaranteed, we still must That's right. fight. That's you know.
1: and God corrects Moses in that in Exodus 14 because in Exodus 14 Moses actually says to the Israelites hey don't worry God's got this you won't have to lift a finger in your defense the next thing God says is he actually tells Moses to raise his, stretch forth his hand it's like son I love your, I love your moxie I love that you're not murmuring and complaining but you do have a role to play in this right. and that's what I like about this front foot Christianity we have the victory, we have the sword but we also have a role to play mm. it's why and again our is gonna say you know he's been talking about this for a year because I have but there's a reason we don't go home to heaven as soon as we get saved right. it would be better if we did right. in my opinion right. selfishly but it's because we are being restored to the plan since day six to be yeah. dominion stewards in the earth and I think of Joshua 1 when you talk about that sword one of my favorite Joshua ones. my favorite passage of the Old Testament to get into in seasons of battles. And one of the things, battles are rarely fun, but they're always fruitful. You know, God God doesn't Burden us with battles, he blesses us with battles. It may not feel like a blessing, but what he's doing is he's saying, I am entrusting you with a battle that you will see victory in my power and might because this is what you're here for to take territory in right. the earth. And I love in Joshua, the promise is, everywhere you go, you will be on land I have given you. And the reason I'm bringing that up is if you go into the root Hebrew, another way you could translate this is, Everywhere you unsheath your sword, you will be on land that I give you. It's his victory, but we partner with him in it. And I know when there's long battles, because I've had long battles. I've had battles that have lasted longer than a decade. I'm in the midst of one for a family member right now that's been going on for more than three years. I know it can be wearying, but I always have to come back to what you're saying. No matter how it looks or feels in the moment... Even if that moment is three years long, in the moment, whether it's a prodigal, whether it's a health thing, a financial thing, a relationship thing, no matter how it looks and feels in the moment, we must realize we are on our front feet. We are on offense. We're actually taking territory by not only choosing to believe, which is huge but then also in our belief choosing to decree the word again, choosing to make that declaration again, choosing to rally back into a place of faith again. I can remember in my 12-year health battle days when I could barely lift my head off the cushion and the Lord would try to nudge me and say, declare it again, declare it again. One day he actually said to me, I want you to praise me for the health and strength you have in your body then my response to god was to say what health and strength i can barely lift my head and he said yes but you were able to get out of the get out of bed you were able to put the kettle on You were able to make a cup of tea, and now you are able to sit here in the chair, and you do have strength in your body that if you chose to, you could declare my word. So, And I took offense at first, but then God lovingly and firmly, but mentored me through that, saying, you're missing something. If you will choose to praise me even in this, he taught me about how giving thanks is increased. I thought if I give thanks for the strength and body, the strength and health in my body in that moment, which wasn't much, I was accepting that as my portion. He was teaching me The exact opposite. If you'll praise me for the strength and health you do have, you're starting to learn to focus on the positive. You're starting to learn to focus on the victory. And as you give thanks and praise me, just like we see with him in the 4,000 and 5,000, it brings
0: increase. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. So a victory guaranteed, a battle guaranteed a victory still needs to be fought. That's right. David and Goliath is the classic story. You know, God was always going to take down Goliath. It just took somebody to actually pull out the sword, or in this case, you know, a a slingshot and a stone. Ultimately, it was Goliath's sword that David pulled out. And don't you just love that so much? You know, I I, I often think like as men especially, I mean, it's a bit gory really, but the fact that David went and took Goliath's own sword and cut his head off with it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But it wasn't because David was anything other than... He was a shepherd boy who had a relationship with God and he had built this history with God. You know, and he was able to say, well, God was with, because Saul said, like, David, you're an idiot. Yeah. You know, and Saul, and David looks up at Saul and he says, Saul, he was with me when I killed the bear. He was with me when I killed the lion. See, David had this history with God. And he'll be with me today. You know, and he doesn't even take the armor, and he runs to the battle. And, he, and he, the secret comes out. He says, you come at me. Who are you, O uncircumcised Philistine, who defies the armies of the living God? He says, you come at me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come at you in the name of the Lord yeah. our God. You know? He's and he declares,
1: my God will defeat you and I will cut off your head. Right. So he's recognizing the role he has to play. And this brings me to, so how do we shift from front from back foot to if we if we realize I've been on the back my back feet, I've been on the defense, I've been You know, and I did it. There were times in my 12-year battle where I gave place to fear. I gave place to discouragement. I gave place to doubt. I murmured. I complained. That's being on the back foot. So switching or shifting to the front foot, I'm going to ask you some of the keys for that. But even in the story of David, you made me think. You know, one of the things, one of the keys, I think, is David, we often talk about how David knew who his God was. And he did. And he declared God and who God was and what God was going to do. He opened his mouth. He unsheathed the sword of the Spirit and declared who God was. But I think one of the things we don't talk about enough is David knew who he was with God. Because God had sent Samuel to anoint the next king of Israel. David's father didn't even consider him. Didn't even call him in from the, 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 the fields. Not even worth considering. But God knew so david is told you are a king he receives the kingly anointing the next day he's back tending sheep And so is he a shepherd? Well, no, he's a king serving as a shepherd, and he knows he's a king, so he serves as a shepherd from the kingly anointing. When he shows up at the battlefield, his father's not sending him there as a solution. Mm. His father's sending him there to kind of bring a bribe to his brother's commanding officer. So, you know, bring him this food, bring him this nice stuff. It's a time of war. Goliath is threatening. I don't want my boys in danger. Mm. He shows up as an errand boy in his father's eyes. His oldest brother actually mocks him and says, what are you doing here? Why aren't you tending your little flock? He even dismisses him as a shepherd. As you said, Saul kind of is like, you're just a boy. And then Goliath outright mocks him. Mm. So in our situations, we must not only know who our God is, but if we're going to shift to our front foot, we also have to know who we are. Because David, operating as a king isn't about somebody else saying, I see your king. It's knowing God has said I am one of his agents of impact in the earth. So despite the circumstances, despite what others say, despite what the world would say, despite what the enemy would say, despite what those we walk with might say, we've got to know who our
0: God is, but we've got to know who we are as well. Is that is that a fair assessment of a way to shift into the front foot? Absolutely it is. You know, And knowing that we do have a sword yes. <laughs> that yes. we can pull out. Do you know what I mean? So if you think you're defenseless, and this is part of the the message of the hour is we have not been left defenseless. We are not some weak, feeble victims back here just trying to survive and the devil's running rampant and and we have nothing to fight. No, absolutely not. It's not by might. It's not by power. It's by my spirit. And the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is living on the inside of Mm. us You know, when I got saved, I went literally from being a kid that got beat up for 10 years of my life, bullied, you know, just rejected, no friends, hopeless. I gave my life to Jesus. The next day I woke up a different person. What was the difference? Jesus, Mm -hmm. the Holy Spirit on the inside of me. I felt like I'd grown a foot taller Mm -hmm. overnight. Everything was clean and fresh. And now... Uh, you know, this revelation, because God spoke to me. When I, at the moment when I got saved, you know, I, I heard for the first time the voice of God, and I guess it's really that still small voice, but it was like this. God said to me, he said, Ben, the King of kings, the God of gods, the creator of the universe, loves you, died for you, has chosen you, has got a plan for your life to give you a hope and a future. It doesn't matter what anybody else thinks of you. You know, And in that moment, it was like, wow, I'm yeah. a son of God. He's chosen me. Of course, it doesn't matter. The king of all kings loves me, mm. died for me. And that's all of us. Yeah. He loves you so much. He loves you so much. In fact, in Hebrews 12, it says, For the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross and he went to the cross with this joy in his heart knowing that you were going to be saved that he had a plan for your life that he had a purpose for you it's like around the end of the the 20th century the beginning of the 21st century this person this one I've created is going to be born and I'm going to send them into the earth with this plan and this purpose you know and that's that's us right now. We're called to to be a, a, for, to play a role in fulfilling the dream of God on the earth in this hour. Yeah. And so, when you have this revelation of who you are, like you say, you know, and you know, one of the one of the early keys here. Sometimes we've been so saturated in the voice of the enemy. Yes, we've been so saturated in so many voices because here we have the entire army of Israel, and they're all intimidated. Yes. They're under this spirit of intimidation. Goliath stands up and he says this thing, right? He says, okay, you choose one person, come out, and the entire army are under this intimidation. And first of all, it occurred to me, the entire army of Israel let the enemy set the terms of the battle. They could have all just gone... I was going to say get stuffed, but they'd be the Australian <laughs> and be like, get stuffed, Goliath, and, and all just taking him down. Do you know what I mean? Right. But they, instead, they let the enemy right. set the terms of the, of the battle and yeah. they all just stood back. And for 40 days and nights. Yeah. They're intimidated, all of this army. And here comes David, who's not under that intimidation at yes. all. He hasn't listened to the voice that the enemy's been broadcasting for 40 days. And who knows, we live in a world where the enemy is using broadcasting. Yes, right? totally. Broadcasting. And here comes David, and he's just walking up, like you said, to bring the lunch out. And he's like, what the heck is going on here? <laughs> I love what it he on? basically
1: says, hey, what do I get when I, I tear this big guy down? Right. Because I'm, I'm, I'm not intimidated. I, I want to know what are the spoils because God's got this and I got God, so we're good.
0: Exactly. You know, and so with the Holy Spirit, on me runs to that battle. Do you yeah. know what I mean? And so that's one of the big keys is actually just silencing the voice of the enemy, all the lies, all that intimidation, and realizing that classic scripture from 2 Timothy that God has not mm. given us a spirit of fear. He has not given us a spirit of intimidation. A spirit of right. intimidation, right. a demon, right? Right, And so often it is a spirit, a lying spirit yeah. of intimidation saying, you know, you should be afraid. You're not yeah. big enough. You're not good enough. You're not strong enough. Jesus is on the inside of us. The same Jesus, the same spirit that went and said, hey, Lazarus, come out of the grave. That's is right. on the full measure, yeah. the full measure of that. You don't get a half measure of the Holy Spirit. You don't get a half measure of Jesus, the fullness. In fact, I think it's Colossians where it says that the fullness of the Godhead, the fullness of the Father was in Jesus. Yes. Fullness of the deity was in Jesus. And the fullness of Jesus is inside us. I remember I was um, sitting in a parking lot outside a hospital one night. This is many years ago, going uh, having to go in to pray for a friend who had cancer. And I'm sitting in the parking lot and I'm thinking, man, I'm going into this, uh, in Australia we call it a... Um, I can't think. It's like the hospice, you know, where basically they're just waiting to yeah, to die basically. Right. Right. Yep. Do you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. I'm thinking about the spirits in this place, mm-hmm. the spirit of death, you know, in this place. And as I'm gonna go in and I'm just praying about it and the Lord takes me to the scripture, the fullness of the Father was in Jesus and the fullness of Jesus is on the inside of you. When, I, when you walk into that place, you automatically supersede everything else in there yeah. because of who's on the inside of yeah. you, you know? And so that's the first lie breaking down this intimidation and realizing that it's not about me it's not right. about my might or that's power. Right. And this is especially important when you're in a position where you've got no might and you've got no power. Yep. That's and right. And I've been there I've yep. been there many times And it's like god I've got I've got nothing. I've got no might I've got no power but thank god thank you that it's by your spirit lord.
1: You know one of the one of the keys one of the the, the things that I think help unlock that for us that I don't hear talked about much is We've not been given a spirit of fear, but one of love, power, and a sound mind. Now, three things are listed there, love, power, sound mind. But it's very clear that he says, but one of, it's one spirit, it's the Holy Spirit of God. And the Holy Spirit of God, the first thing he'll do if we let him is minister love to us. Remind us, I'm loved, I'm accepted, I'm valued, I'm a son. No matter what I have or haven't done, no matter what my past is, God loves me. So all of his promises are yes and amen for me. I know for me, Ben, when I realize I've given place to the wrong thing, if I've given place to fear or I've given place to doubt or frustration or self-pity, one of the first things I do is I remember I'm loved. So I can go to my father and say, I kind of realize I've been blowing it, Dad and i'm sorry but i know i'm not disqualified i know i'm loved because once i go back into that place of love i know all of his promises are yes and amen even if i have if even if i've been on my my back foot nobody wants to shift me to the front foot more than him because i don't have to earn it and I remember that it's not based on my performance so I haven't lost anything by being on the back foot so letting him pour out his love on me remembering that I'm loved because you might be saying well I've tried that but I don't feel the love poured out just remember that you are loved Mm -hmm. that you looked at I looked at the cross and there's no doubt that I'm loved that's the, the cross is love on display for me and then from that now all of a sudden now I can, I, I'm bold and expectant in accessing the power of God mm. and so that I can operate in self-control and have that sound mind and cast down that fear. I love the word that your wife Jody had early on in the pandemic. It was, do not let love, or sorry, do not let fear be your prophet. You know, if there's so much fear being broadcast, don't let that be the voice you're listening to tuck back into the Word, tuck back into worship, tuck back in and hear what God has for you in this season. Absolutely. Yeah. So I think we really have to remember when we have blown it, when we have punted it, that God's not surprised he knows he's not disappointed and he's not angry what he wants is for us to come back into that encounter of love so we're because the devil suckers us into fear and then the devil will beat us up for having been a giving place to fear like oh you can't you can't admit to God that you were afraid well he already knows so I always go back to him and just get real with him and say I've I I haven't been in a good place, Father. But thank you that I'm forgiven. Thank you that I'm loved. I receive that love by faith, and now all of a sudden that boldness comes back on. And I know we got to begin to wrap things up, but I want to talk to you a little bit about boldness because that's a key here too. Is front foot Christianity? Is bold Christianity? Back foot Christianity may not even be just. Yes, it might be fearful Christianity, but it's also passive Christianity. To me, you're on your back foot if you're saying, well, if it's meant to be, God will do it. Well, God, front foot Christianity is knowing God did it at the cross. How, Lord, do I partner with you to see it made manifest? Mm. But some people are uncomfortable with the idea of bold because maybe they're like me and, and they have more of an introverted personality than an extroverted personality. So you're thinking... I don't know if I can be that guy with the bullhorn. I don't know if I can be that guy who's yelling and shouting. But what God did for me years ago, because I love going out on the streets and evangelizing, but I don't do it like other people. But it's boldness isn't being loud. Boldness is being expectant.
0: Right. Right. It's not about volume. It's not about volume. It
1: can be if you're a
0: big volume person, but it doesn't have to be. Right. I mean, so first of all, boldness is not a personality type. There you go. You know, it's not a special gifting. It's not, you know, one of the fivefold gifts. You know, it's not one of the spiritual gifts. It's none of those things. The Bible simply says that the righteous are as bold as a lion. And there's actually a huge clue in that because one of the main, uh, especially with men, because one of the main things he uses for intimidation is the thing of sin and not feeling worthy etc and you know i've been thinking a lot about you know this is it sounds like an old-fashioned thing which is a shame but the actual power of the blood of jesus Mm. to remove sin yeah nothing else can remove sin there's no power on earth there's no amount of anything that can be done to remove sin there's no stain remover but the blood of Jesus and the blood of Jesus is so powerful that it literally completely removes our sin as if it did not yeah. exist. The second after we repent, yes. that sin is completely gone. In fact, I have a friend who had a life of a hardcore criminal, violent criminal, and um, he got radically saved. You know, And he was saying one day, he says, one day I'm going to write a book about my life. And God's going to read this book and he's going to go, oh, I didn't know that. That's right. That's right. (laughs) Yeah. I thought, what a powerful rebel. Oh, I didn't know that. Because God, the Bible says that he forgets it. He casts it into the sea of forgetfulness. That our sin is separated from us as far as the east is from the west. You know what I mean? And so sometimes we try to hold on to sin and guilt and shame for what Jesus has paid for in full. And it's been completely removed. It does not exist anymore. White as snow, white as snow. And so the righteous are as bold as a lion, knowing that I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You see, we know that Jesus became, because sometimes that statement is hard to understand. But Jesus became sin on the cross. That's right. So if Jesus could become sin, he became sin so that we could become righteousness. Right. We are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, and the righteous are as bold as a lion. So therefore, anything that's not boldness is actually a lie. Mm. It's a lie that comes against. So if we're thinking, I'm going to step out and share Jesus with this person, and we're feeling not bold. It's a lie. It's literally wow. a lie of the enemy, because I am bold. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, and the bold the righteous are as bold as a lion. So it's not about shouting at that person, but it's about not being intimidated. Yes. It's about knowing who you are and what's on the inside of you and opening your mouth and having that come out. That's awesome. Yeah.
1: You know, this is so good because in 2019, the Lord spoke to me, and you guys all know because I've shared it with you for over a year now, that one of the things he was doing in 2019 was relaying some scriptural foundation, some foundational truths. One of the main ones being that Genesis 1, 26 through 28, that we are to be his dominion stewards in the earth, his agents of impact, his His walk is his deputized agents of impact through the power of his Holy Spirit. And then he told me 2020 was the year to represent or quite literally represent, represent him and have an expectation of representing God like never before what you're talking about is how to step into that you know practical ways mind shift ways to get to realize because I I always tell people like in, in winning the battle for your mind will and emotions I tell people over and over again if you realize to use your language you've been on your back foot that's not failure. That's the beginning of the success. You now realize you've been on your back foot. The enemy's going to want to beat you up for that, but you need to celebrate that as a Holy Spirit victory. Oh, you've opened my eyes. I realize it. So now I can shift to my front foot. And I believe this is the season to represent God, to represent God, to bring kingdom solutions into the earth that are. Unknown unexpected and what an incredible atmosphere to do it in when the world desperately needs that So what I'm gonna ask you to do to close this out today Ben is look into your camera and as the Holy Spirit leads pray for everybody watching whether that's for boldness whether that's to shift onto the front foot whatever God gives you because each and every one of you watching They're not just words that we say at the beginning of the show because they sound good. It's a decree God gave me to speak over you every single episode. You matter. You are important. You have a key role to play for Mm. the kingdom and the earth. Ben's going to pray for you right now Mm. so that Holy Spirit's going to come and help you step into that role that you have.
0: Yeah. Well, Father, I thank you for my brothers. I thank you for my sisters right now. God, and I thank you that this truly is a season of heroes arising. God, I thank you that every person listening, watching right now is called to be a hero in the kingdom of God. And Father, I thank you that the righteous are as bold as a lion. I pray for that revelation, Lord, to come so deep into every person's heart today. Jesus, you paid a very high, very steep price so that sin could be removed. And so, God, when we confess our sin to you, you are faithful and just to forgive us from our sin and purify us from all unrighteousness like it does not exist anymore. And if there's any of you and you feel like you just need to repent right now, it's so easy. It's so easy. We just say, God, please forgive me. Please forgive me for this. Please forgive me for this. And I thank you for your grace right now. I receive your grace. And I choose to turn away from those things, and I thank you for your grace, empowering me to not do that stuff anymore.. Thank you, Lord. Huh? And I just ask you to fill me with fresh oil, God. Yeah. Just pray that. Just pray that right now. Just fill me with fresh oil right now, God. And guys, this is where faith comes in right now, because you've prayed that, you've meant it from your heart, that sin is gone. That stuff is gone. And so right now, the Word of God declares that the righteous are as bold as a lion. And so I release a fresh impartation for boldness right now. And I just want to bind every spirit of intimidation off you. And we speak that to Timothy right now, that God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. Some translations say intimidation, timidity. God has not given you a spirit of intimidation. So all intimidation, all timidity... Go right now in Jesus' mighty name, and I release a fresh impartation of love, power, and a sound mind. That sound mind that you have the mind of Christ, the right thinking. Ha. Thank you. The love of God shed abroad in our hearts right now. And that power of the Holy Spirit, not by might or not our own power, but the power of the Holy Spirit, the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, living on the inside of you right now. And so, God, I thank you for joy, that there would be a ridiculous joy, that even in the midst of crazy circumstances, it would seem irrational to those who don't know you, to, know, to the outside. But, God, in your presence is fullness of joy, and the joy of the Lord is our strength. And so I release presence, joy, and strength to you today in Jesus' mighty name.
1: Amen. Mm -hmm. Thank you for that. Let them know where they can hear more from you,
0: get more from you, um, some of the stuff you and Jody and Pour It Out have going on. Yeah, so our ministry is called Pour It Out Ministries. You can go to our website, pouritout.org, on there. Um, we have uh, we have episodes of a TV show called pour it out with Ben and Jody Hughes where every single week we go after things like revival, the presence of God, boldness, these kind of things we're talking about faith you know and so th- there's just some amazing resources on there Of course Facebook pour it out Ministries Ben Hughes, Jody Hughes. And uh, also every Saturday night, every Saturday night on Facebook, on God TV's Facebook page, um, we have a a service that we do online with global God TV family, and that's called Gather. So we'd love you to join us for that as well. Thank you for being with us. I appreciate you, my friend. It's always good to see you. And I also want to say
1: thank you to each of you who joined us this week. Do me a favor. Go to menonthefrontlines.com. And as I said earlier, share your email address with us so we can let you know when we have something coming up that'll be a blessing to you. The other thing I'd ask you to consider is while you're at menonthefrontlines.com, click the donate button. Now, I want you to hear me. We are absolutely committed to being here for you. We know that these are interesting times, and many of you are going through real challenges. And I want you to know that we are creating all of our content, we're doing it all for free, so it's all available for you. We're committed to that. If you happen to be in a situation where you can come alongside of that, we encourage you to do so. But if not, that's absolutely okay. We're here for you. We're here to serve you, and it's our privilege. So go to menonthefrontlines.com, check out the site, and then don't forget, Robert Hodgkin YouTube channel. Go there, subscribe. You can see the 100-plus episodes of Heroes Arise on our Heroes Arise playlist. The shows I've done for God TV are all there, plus lots of prophetic words, lots of devotionals. It's all there. It's all free. It's all for you. Robert Hodgkin YouTube channel. Go check it out. Subscribe, like, share. Thanks very much for being here with us this week. We will see you next, next, I was about to say next Wednesday. We've shifted to Tuesdays. We'll see you next Tuesday for another Heroes Arise.